0: In the same way that the Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Amazons, they have the power to control the frames of reference, of the virtual world, which is about individualism and competition, you know, self-maximization, self-determination, and the possibility. uh, What are you going to see online? It's the way, you know, content is... It's uh, some is censored. Is like they control the choice, the choices that we have for what we're gonna see. Consciousness, the notion of the self, personality structure, transactional analysis, symbiosis, Zen Buddhism, teacher-student, relationships, training yourself in how to think. To subvert is to undermine the existing system of inscribed power and authority. What's happening in the digital space? The virtual world. Much of us live in a hyper-stimulated present where language itself has become the info currency in the sequence of corporate capitalism. The injunction of the virtual world is... The gatekeepers of our speech and written word are global tech monopolies. We cannot transcend or go beyond our lack through craving. What are we going to do? How are we going to live our life? The Subversive Therapist is about what the virtual world is doing to us and what we can do about it. Hi and welcome to the podcast. I'm Andrew Archer. This is the second podcast episode. In the first one... I introduced uh, sort of the idea of this book that I'm working on that uses transactional analysis and Zen Buddhism to understand the personality structure and our relationship with the virtual world. So we outlined personality structure, which is three distinct ego states or states of mind referred to as the parent the adult and the child and the parent doesn't have to do with having kids and the adult isn't about being a grown-up necessarily or 18 years old and the child isn't uh, pejorative like childish or something like that the parent is basically how you were taught to be how to live your life it's subjective it's prejudicial uh, the adult is rational and objective awareness. It's reality testing, being in the moment, and the child state is how you felt, <clears throat> how you felt when you were younger, based on, on this archaic data from childhood. It's the source of our creativity, spontaneity, etc. So, what I want to talk about now is this concept from. Transactional analysis. uh, It's called symbiosis. And what it literally means is when two people become one. And it's not the same as uh, what we know about in terms of codependency. It's similar in a way, but symbiosis is not positive or negative necessarily. Like codependent, as we think of as a kind of negative uh, term, symbiosis is based on mutual needs. And the issue with symbiosis, when two people become one, is whether or not there's conscious awareness of the symbiosis. And I need to say also that there's a symbiotic element to all relational activity. So just like changing in and out of states of mind, the personality structure we talk about, symbiosis is normal and natural, but... uh it can also lead to passivity, and so it's based on unresolved uh, dependencies from when you were young. The easiest example of symbiosis is the relationship between a mother and a newborn infant, uh, you know, breastfeeding baby. With uh, the newborn infant, you know, the mother neglects aspects of herself, and we can think of this as the child ego state, uh, that's not going to be as active. She's not going to be focused on self-gratification. She's focused more on taking care of this newborn baby. So the mother uh, cathex the parent ego state and the adult ego state because she's making probability assessments in terms of when the baby needs to to nurse when the baby is gonna to go to sleep when it needs a new diaper you know making analysis of the baby's behavior in terms of her wants and needs which allows for the newborn to solely be in this child ego state because a newborn uh, doesn't know that they're separate uh, the, the newborn is egoless in that way because there's just this simple consciousness, uh, pure awareness of what's happening. But as we've sort of talked about it, that child, ego state is that it's about, you know, self-gratification and wants and desires um, to no end, really. So what happens is, even though there's two people, the mother and the infant, They're operating as one. And there's only three ego states in use. The child state of the newborn, the adult and parent ego states of the mother. Because the newborn, of course, doesn't know that they're a separate individual. They still think they're just uh, connected with everything and they can't separate objects. There's no object permanency. It's when the child... Uh, develops locomotion. They start moving on their own independently. They crawl around 8, nine, ten months, and they start to learn about the world themselves. They begin to understand themselves as separate from the mother, the parents. Uh, and it's at that point that the more of the adult and the parent ego states are developing. And of course, with that, they develop more self-support. They can take care of their themselves more and more as they get older, they differentiate themselves um, from the parent. But in the moment during during uh, those first few weeks of the newborn uh, experience, the the mother and infant are one. So it's this symbiotic process that's that's beautiful. It's a pure kind of uh, depiction of love itself, where you have to give up. Uh, part of yourself to merge um, with the other. And so as I was working on this book over the last couple of years, I was kind of at a standstill in terms of how I wanted to write about uh, the virtual world. I had been studying it ever since graduate school uh, when I was doing my master's degree in social work. I was studying the internet and the dissemination rate of the internet, which is much higher than any other information technology, meaning that the majority of the population um, had access and and activity with uh, the internet at a rate much faster than things like the telephone or television and radio. So it happened in a very short window. And so with that, what I want to talk about is how this uh, symbiotic relationship between a mother and infant is analogous to our relationship with the virtual world as users and the virtual world. If we can think of uh, this virtual system as a person and that we're in relationship with that person, you know, there is no virtual world without the user, and there's no user without uh, the virtual world. The whole system runs on our uh, activity, our content, our behavioral data that is uh, sucked into the system and then spit back out at us, you know creating these these echo chambers of all our um, wants and preferences, subscriptions, desires, that sort of thing. So what do I mean by this symbiosis uh, with the virtual world? The user is like, the infant in the in the mother infant uh, relationship the user is only required to be in the child ego state meaning what I want I get when I want it online you know I want to know what the weather is the app is there I want to know how to get to Minneapolis driving directions my bank account it's all there whenever I want it so it's all self-gratification and this is you know the part of the child ego state that wants for itself is because we feel a sense of lack and we're always trying to uh, ground ourselves through want and this is what uh, the buddha referred to as craving so as the user we're in this child ego state and the child ego state is about connection connection with people. But here, of course, it's a digital connection. It's a faux form of uh, relational activity online. But it, you know, it's better than nothing, so to speak. And how this works is that the wants of the user, just like the wants of the baby, the baby cries and the mother Uh, reflexively without even thinking produces milk there's an actual physical physiological response to the want of the baby whenever you want something the virtual world uh, provides it reflexively and the more that you want the better the system gets at providing what you want just like a parent the more time they spend with the child, they understand what the child wants, what the child needs. So it's the the more we're feeding this system, the virtual world, the better we're getting at wanting. But to get better at wanting <laughs> means that you're forever unsatisfied. Because whenever you get something you want, then you want more. I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but whenever I go online, YouTube, for example, I never get to a place where I'm like, yeah, you know, that's really enough of that. Uh, Each time I watch something, I look to see if there's something else I want, or even while watching videos or listening to lectures, you know, scanning uh, what other, you know, similar kind of videos there are. So when we talk about this... uh, this symbiotic process the parent adult child of one person the parent adult child of another you only have three total ego states so that's when two become one or uh in taoism they ref- they talk about not two not one when you think about a mother and infant it's not really two people but it's certainly not one person um <clears throat> and we can break down the parent adult child into characteristics of uh, those ego states in terms of the functioning and so you can think of three p's for the personality structure power possibility and potency Uh, the power of the parent ego state is that you can condition someone you can teach someone how to live you can train them program them specifically uh children you can raise them, and it's, it's not uh, something you have to learn about. You It's in your body, it's in your biology, in your DNA, so to speak. So there's a lot of power in that. The parent ego state is either critical or nurturing. So you can really take care of other people. You can focus on others. The, the catch with the parent ego state that Eric Byrne writes a lot about is that there's this illusion of autonomy. Is that you think you're making all your own decisions, but really the vast majority of it is conditioning. And so if we tie the parent ego state into the virtual world, all of the frames of reference in, for example, social media applications are these ideas of competition and individualism, You know, self-determination. It's that everything you do on your own, it's all about self-responsibility and self-reliance. But when you break down the psyche of the human being, uh, even language itself was not self-determined. It was uh, created through relationships. Your parents taught you language and it co-emerged together. You, You landed on concepts. So what we think about as being autonomy is actually... An illusion. Uh, We need access to the adult ego state to even come close to um, thinking for ourselves. Again, staying with the parent ego state, in transactional analysis they talk about attributions and injunctions. So the attributions are the the ways that your parents told you to live, um, how to be, how to behave, and then the injunctions are a negation of activity things you you don't do or you shouldn't, quote-unquote should or shouldn't do. And the injunction tied to the virtual world is that it, it, it says don't think. Again, if you want something, you don't need to think about how to get it or how to connect with a person, a relationship to find out that answer. It's reflexively given to you. You want your money managed, there's an app for it you want to know the weather Um, it's given to you Uh, your calendar is managed by Google your email so the underlying message without it being explicit is don't think and that the machine will get better and better at predicting think about the the text messaging or emails now the the algorithms are scanning everything to predict what you're gonna say and reply to an email based on all of your replies um, in the past so the connection here I'm trying to make and I think this is uh, very well understood for parents especially of young children is that thinking about that mother-infant dynamic the mother knows everything about the baby you know the pregnancy when they were born where they were born their weight their height you know all kinds of details that the the baby has no way of ever sort of knowing all of that information. And I think it's the same with the virtual world and the user. We know next to nothing about Google, but Google knows everything about us. And this isn't uh, this isn't that they're trying to brainwash us or doing something nefarious. It's that they're trying to predict our, our behavior, just like the mother is trying to predict what the baby wants, what the baby needs. And the better it gets at doing that, then less and less uh, we're going to have to think about anything. So this this parent ego state is power. It's the frames of reference. It's how to think about the world. And with that power, you have control. So when you're taking care of a kid and you're in the parent ego state, it's about control. You don't want the baby to be injured, uh, anything bad to, to happen to them. So the parent ego state is about power. It's about control. The adult ego state, which is rational, objective processing of information, is about possibility. If you can think and be aware of your own thinking, you can pay attention, uh, then there's endless possibility. In Zen, they talk about beginner's mind, the novelty of all experiences, like the curiosity of a young child. If anyone has ever heard the This is Water speech by David Foster Wallace he talks about our default setting which is to be critical and judgmental it's the habitual nature of the parent ego state so you're like he says in his talk you're sitting um, in line at the grocery store and you're judging how slow the cashier is or how obnoxious the patron is being etc that if you don't do anything you're going to habitually fall into that critical judgmental state but if you can get control of yourself of your own attention if you can pay attention you can imagine maybe that this person is having a hard time or is having a bad day or he gives the example of maybe their partner just got diagnosed with cancer or any of these there's endless possibilities of why these things are happening right now but this egocentrism this hyper individualism that we uh, live in this this culture we make it all about us it's all about me and uh, how I want to get out of the grocery store and I want to get my stuff, blah, blah, blah. So it takes some training to get out of that default setting of judgment, but that's the adult state is possibility. And with possibility, you have choice. And that's what Foster Wallace uh, talks about in that speech is that you can choose how to think. And, and he was giving a, a, it was a graduation speech at a university, Kenyon College, and I think he was, you know, in a way critiquing the university system where we're just training people what to think as kind of a, you know, vocational process versus training people um, how to think. Uh, and what I'll talk about eventually is, you know, meditation practice and Zen about training yourself in how to think. But so, we have with the parent the power and the possibility. So, the the mother you know makes probability assessments based on the relationship with the infant there's a lot of power in that because you're conditioning the newborn child in the same way that the google facebook microsoft amazons they have the power to control the frames of reference of the virtual world which is about individualism and competition you know self-maximization self-determination and the possibility uh what are you gonna see online? It's the way you know content is tracked, it's uh, some is censored is like they control the choice, the choices that we have for what we're gonna see and, and the easiest example is is the news feed. I mean we you don't set up the parameters for that. the machine is just learning about what you look at and what you pay attention to, what you comment on, etc. and so it's just automatic. So instead of us doing the thinking in the adult state, what's happening is an algorithm is doing the thinking meaning based on you know one, two three, this kind of binary uh, system you like this, you didn't like that uh, it provides the information for you based on just this this uh, code that's engineered uh, by the platform and that leaves us with the the child ego state, the potency, the most important, most valuable part of the personality is what Eric Byrne described it as, is our form of connection with people. And because we, you know, crave connection to deal with this sense of lack, uh, we find ourselves in this symbiotic relationship with the virtual world, uh, which allows us to be in this you know, state of constant craving. Uh, what I think of as the want mode. Eric Fromm was a psychoanalyst in the 20th century, and he wrote a book, To Have or To Be, and he talked about the having mode in contrast with the being mode. Uh, the having mode is about possession. It's about materialism, consumerism, where you make everything into an object, Uh, for exploitation, uh, for your own personal ego. And in that kind of a mode, everything becomes a thing uh, for some sort of value, typically monetary value. Uh, And what it amounts to psychologically is that everything becomes a thing, including your sense of self, becomes a thing that you have. Um, And... That's in contrast with the being mode, which was uh, a, a sort of spiritual way of being that's not attached to ego uh, that's more relation bound it's being one with the world rather than I'm over here with my sense of who I am ego as separate from everything else is that no you're actually uh, the world itself uh, you're This idea of interdependence that Zen um, talks about is that these these ideas in our head related to identity create separation uh, between people. But in the being mode, it's like that Taoist concept of not two, not one, is that you can see that you're just like the person you're encountering. You can understand that you're different from that person. You're separated, but at the same time, you're dealing with the exact problems that that person's dealing with. And in a way, it's like you know, just maintaining that adult ego state where you don't need to judge or criticize or, or personalize um, the encounter uh, with the per- with the person. So that's kind of a a quick uh, rundown of the the having mode in the in the being mode. And so based on my understanding of those, I think of uh, the virtual world as a want mode system, because it's what you want is what you get. And uh, everything that you've ever wanted is tracked. Uh, The behavioral data um, is stored. It never goes away. So based on what you've wanted, you're presented with something that you want but you're forever wanting for that next thing because, again, the system is getting better and better at telling you what you want, which means you're getting better at wanting. But the want is a reflection of lack, and we cannot uh, transcend or go beyond our lack through craving uh, from a, a Buddhist perspective. Uh, with lack, it's, it's sort of like a, a fire you know, you can, you can put fuel on the fire or you can douse it, douse the flames with water to make it go away. Uh, but if that's a kind of metaphor for lack, uh, the other way to deal with the kind of burning of lack is to allow the fire to burn itself out. So become the lack. Eventually, uh, the wood transforms to ash. If you just don't do anything with it, if you add gasoline to it, it gets bigger. If you try and douse it with water, um, it doesn't. It doesn't really solve the problem. But if you can become the lack, then it extinguishes itself. And I'm, I'm pulling from David Loy's book, Lack and, and Transcendence, on that um, that notion. And I'm probably getting off off track here. So going back to the characteristics of the ego states uh, power possibility and potency uh, we have the functions meaning um, control choice and connection so the in a way the system runs on our our desire to connect but we're connecting just from that one state of mind the child ego state it's a kind of simple consciousness like the the newborn baby which is different than self-awareness uh where you have reflexive consciousness you can uh, do something and think about how you did it or you can prepare for something ahead of time you can compare yourself etc and so the the injunction of the virtual world is don't think and what that amounts to is what they call a mindlessness script in transactional analysis is that you never think for yourself uh, in the same way that in a a family with substance abuse issues you know oftentimes the injunction is don't think drink for example or use drugs Um, in this case of course we're addicted to uh, the virtual world because it's solving a, you know, a momentary issue of lack of boredom, anxiety, etc., and as soon as we, you know, utilize that tool, we leave it and we're craving uh, for more of it. Versus actually dealing with the lack, using our own imagination, which is what the child ego state is really about—spontaneity and creativity. But we're operating just from this, what Thomas Harris calls a not-okay child state, or in Zen more so, it's this sense of lack, because the, the delusion of the child ego state is that we're separate, we're not interdependent, that we're self-existing, and that we're the same. Our, our sense of self is the same across time. Uh, but what transactional analysis does right off the bat is say, well, there isn't any solid thing called self, even though it feels like, you know, there's a little me in the center of my skull, right behind my eyes, between my ears, that it's actually these, at the very least, three different kind of people, three different personalities, the parent, adult, child, it's a multiple mind or plural mind, but without examination, it feels like one solid thing, So just to to reiterate it's a symbiotic relationship between the user and the virtual world the virtual world needs the content the data for the structure and in order to sell products advertising the user is looking for activity connection uh, organization so it's based on mutual needs we're volunteering for this we can just as easily volunteer to exit it's obviously challenging for some people more than others based on privilege and status but the the algorithmic computer mediated systems uh, cannot function without our data and of course we don't own the data and these companies aren't regulated amazon and facebook don't pay any taxes uh for example Uh, so there's all kinds of political issues uh, we could get into related to related to that excuse me but for right now understanding that we're kind of operating from this simple consciousness this almost infantile state where the computer mediated systems are you know acquiring vast amounts of statistical data because these algorithms aren't learning in the same way human beings learn Through relationships they're learning based on patterns of data in the networks comparing words you use words you don't use and they can do this at a rate that i don't think the human mind can really even understand and we haven't even talked about really the addictive nature engineering of these systems but if we just look at it soberly i think the power dynamics are um akin to this mother infant uh, relationship it's about craving it's about wanting so i think i'll i'll leave it there and we'll pick up where we left off in the next episode continuing to talk about craving talking about uh, symbiosis the personality structure and the uh the life script that comes out of transactional analysis to help us understand our relationship uh, to the virtual world, how it's affecting us, what we can do about it. Uh, and I'll just leave with this um, stat from Peter Hershock's book, uh, Buddhism and Intelligent Technology. Uh, and this was published earlier this year, 2021. So I think the data is probably from 2020. It might have been before COVID. But that on average, Americans are spending... 12 hours per day on electronic media and i assume that's gaming internet tv half our daily lives so that's on average that's not the the peak um or the minimum that's on average so this is what we're uh looking at um if, if we're saying half our existence is online and of course there's activity happening within our uh, profiles and our networks when we're not online the, the system is going to demand 24-hour-a-day participation, uh, like the round-the-clock you know, job of a, of a parent with a child. And the, the power and the possibility for that system, I mean, I have my own ideas about it, but you can imagine with that kind of understanding, there's control and there's choice.